Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Don't do it. Christine. There, I did it. I was like, you know what? Then you fucking start. Uh, and I did. I gotta tell you, today's a big day. It's Geo's Gotcha Day. Is that why? Oh, oh, I thought that was yes. why. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you remembered. <laughs> I don't. I did not remember, but I know his birthday. I don't know his Gotcha Day, but Happy Gotcha Day, Giovanni. You do know. Oh, it's a little sweetheart. Why is it a big day, my friend? Because, Christine, today is episode 365, which means we are officially a year of episodes. (laughs) So stupid. Which is wild because... Holiday for everything. If it, it took seven years for us to become a year of episodes. But if someone wanted to start, and that's why I drink today. Oh, so we're dog years. Yeah, it's on a gone gotcha day. Wait, it's the actual dog year age. That's kind of cute. Look how see, I told you we'd get we'd get there, and I, I just think it's very sweet. If someone was like, "I'm going to start," and that's why we drink today, and I'm going to do an episode a day, it would officially now take them one full year, one trip around the sun, well, as they say, to listen uh, through. I guess, except except for all the listener episodes, but you know. That's okay. Nah, you know, yeah, well, I mean, I've, I'm already on a roll, Christine, so I'm going to need you to just play along here. I just want to be a naysayer, so let me be I don't a know why. I, like, just have, I just gave you the coolest fact you'll ever hear. And in, in <laughs> uh, to be on theme of our, our early days, to give you the full one-year uh-huh. experience, my camera glitched today, so we're getting the full circle graininess of yesteryear, as if we were to have filmed our first episode, but my camera's acting up. And yesteryear, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for a reason to excuse it for I mean, everybody. So I've this never is my version about my laptop. Of, this is my version of the bad audio from the first uh, couple rounds of, and that's why we drink. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know what 
it's going to be different because it still films in 4K, so I don't think it makes a difference. But um, I have to look at myself for okay. the next two hours, and I can't see how great I look. So it, it's that's, nice. That's it's nice. It's blurred. I don't have to see all the fine lines. And you know. oh, is this blurred or <laughs> no? Okay, okay. You can no, see that one. What about this one over here on my right thing. hand? Cute. Yeah, see them both. See them both. <laughs> okay. Oh, Christine. Anyway, you're, happy you're, three you're six five. Seven. You're seven in dog years, so you know what? I feel like I can talk about our crow's feet, our that collective is, podcast crow's feet. That's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just so happy I get to, if I were to put put us in my ears, it would take me so long to finally get you to shut the fuck up now. It'd take a full year. It, a whole year. And you know what? You're right. That is something to celebrate when you put it that way. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited for us. So... I'm excited for everybody who gets to celebrate this big milestone with us. Um, it's a monumental day. I've never really felt or seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't be happier. I'm at a loss for words, really. Thank you. Because I've been thinking about it for a long time. And I kept trying to find like an on theme episode topic for you. I could not find one. I tried so hard. And I got to be honest, I'm giving, before I get yelled at over my phone, Taylor from Creeps and Crimes did suggest that today I cover like calendars, like Mayan calendars, all this stuff. But I already did a doomsday prophecy one. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? So I specifically to Taylor, everybody else, you can turn off the podcast for like 30 seconds. Did you just um, text Taylor? Like, what should we do for our 360? No, she said it. She told me one of the last times we recorded together. She, it was like, she pitched it was like for 365 you have to do something that involves like a year like a year theme so calendar so she even knew it was a celebratory event it seems like yes I, I, okay <laughs> i mean i guess i'm outnumbered i because i thought oh wh- what were you like harassing everybody about this special occasion um but it sounds like other people are on board i'm just the only contrary person in the and i apologize mm-hmm. as you can tell i'm very mm-hmm. sorry about it good that's I like I like where we're starting in this episode. Okay, um, apologize for something else, and then I'll have a, I'm a really a good certain time. energy to the table. <laughs> a je ne sais quoi, a, a, a no 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 energy. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, Christine, uh, what do you drink this week, and why do you drink this week? Oh, um, I mean, listen. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. I. Um... We talked yesterday, by the I'm way. Drinking and I water because I'm. This. I know. <laughs> What's I going know. On? It's like every day I have a new world to show you. Um, this is something that you knew about, but I finally rectified it. I got my TikTok back finally. Oh. Um, it was an arduous and a long and a fraught process oh. over the New Year's holiday. It took about. Uh, let's see what day is it almost a month um to rest it out of the hands of mustafa who hacked my account and then started messaging people including you by the way Mm -hmm. um and you know i went into a deep dive of course in a hotel in like a you know holiday Inn express one night on new year's eve because my Mm -hmm. we were driving through pennsylvania my husband and baby were sleeping i thought what better to do than to get to the bottom of this um internet criminal who has 
taken over my account. And I was mad because he deleted all my videos. So like now they're gone. I mean, I'm sure they're saved yeah, somewhere in my extra- camera roll, but I'm like. That felt like extra personal. It was like, it's one thing to take over an right? account, but like also like, obviously neither of us actually know the reason why, but it was like, if you're just going to take it hostage, because oh, you want to get like, oh, okay. I'll shut up. Your turn. <laughs> you go. Sorry. There's a very long lag, I think. So it sometimes probably sounds like I'm like c- cutting you off. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to time it so that I, <laughs> but I think I'm making oh, it Oh, really? I don't hear so a lag I at all. Ha- I- <laughs> I do, but that's okay. Uh, we'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, we've dealt with worse. This is episode 365. You know what I mean? Like we're a year old. We're still figuring this shit out. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, so right. Like, so he deleted all my videos, which I thought was like unnecessary. Like, why couldn't you just make them private? Okay. But I don't think he cared. Right. So he deleted all my videos, which was whatever, but I'm annoyed. Cause now I don't have like all the comments and like, I just don't have any of that. And then he went and unfollowed like of course kept all the fucking followers it wasn't even that many i mean it was a lot like compared to it was like twenty six thousand or something it's not like a crazy amount but he deleted everyone i was following which i was very annoyed by because like i didn't follow that many people but it was like very curated right like it was like my friends mm-hmm. and then it was you know specific people i really thought were funny or whatever so that was very annoying and then I found his identity on the internet, his address, his phone number, all this nonsense. And I'm like, okay, so I know who he is. And I spent hours tracking him down, figuring out who he was. And then I went, well, now what? Like, I I don't know why. I went on this, like, journey. I discovered his identity. I discovered his home address, his middle name, like, all of it. And then I was like, well, apparently that's not going to do me any good. Like, I thought, oh, finally, I get to be like my, you know, cool, like web sleuth self. And I was, and then it did nothing. And so I messaged him. I found a way to message him um, like on WhatsApp. And I said, like, Hmm. Mustafa, give me my fucking account back. And he said, ha ha ha, you must give me $850. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Why the 50? Why why 850? Couldn't we have rounded to a grand? Oh, because, uh, because, um, because that's the the value on the marketplace is what I was told. And I'm like, I, there's no way my account is worth $850. <laughs> but he's like, I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder. And I'm like, okay, good luck. Like, who the fuck is going to spend like, you're that talking much money to her. Like, account? give me my fucking account Yeah, right? Back. Like, who? nobody wants this, right? And so just to give you an idea, by the time I finally got it back, he still owned it. So it's not like he found a bidder better than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, first of all, I'm going to send you, I'm not going to send you anything, but if I did, like, what are you just going to give me my password? Doubtful. So it was just such a fucking back and forth mess. And then I waited till it was nighttime in a rock and I post. So the thing is I was still logged in cause I could use face ID, but he did like the double verification. So I could, every time I tried to like change a password, it would text him and email him. And I was mm. like, shit, like, even if it's texting him and I know his phone number, I can't like get his messages. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was just such a mess. And then finally, I was like desperately talking to TikTok support and like, God bless, but they were just making me furious. They were like, well, it looks like um, we removed you from the account because this Mustafa person proved it was his account. And I was like, Oh yeah, like did he now? You know, and so anyway, so, like, I got my verified bowel. blue like... check on TikTok and my face don't yeah, earn enough for you. Ugh, I was so frustrated. So I finally got it back. It took weeks, and then I messaged him because I'm I can't help myself, and I said like, 
I said like, I forget what I said, just something like catty. And then I sent you guys the text of what he responded. He said, I will always be here. And I was like, oh, no, that's not the vibe I was hoping for here. I thought I had like um, foiled him, you know, in his in his plot. Um, but then he sent this like insane message to me here. I'm going to pull it up because I just want to put this out there. He said he will get my account back. And I said, OK, um, let's see. He said to me, I told you earlier, I will never leave you. Even if you recover your account, it's not the first time I've hacked one. Watch what happens, even if you try to retrieve it again and again. And I was like, oh, my God. So I just responded, I think you should get I'd recommend you get a hobby instead. And he said, my hobby extracts ten thousand dollars every month. LOL. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Um, (laughs) I don't believe you. This isn't the the end. Yeah, I don't believe you at all. He's, he said, but it isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Uh, he said, we will always manipulate your account. Let's see what will happen. Good luck. And I'm like, oh, my God, this man has it out for me now. Because when, oh, and by the way, I could log into my account. The point of that story was that I posted when he was asleep, right? I mm-hmm. posted. And um, I posted this this video that was like, hey, guys, like, it's nighttime in Iraq, so I'm hoping Mustafa doesn't see this right now, and I hope he's asleep. It's like 4 a.m., so uh, I'm going to post this here, but just so you know, like, I made a, another account, so go follow that, but just so you know, this is hacked, and I'm trying to fix it. And it got, it was, like, very funny because he freaked out the next morning, like, freaked out when he found out what I did. And um, <laughs> Good. Started, what like, happened? yeah, and and people were messaging him and being like, dude you're such a loser, like, get out of here, you know, and he was getting so worked up, like, I could read all the DMs, and I was like, this is kind of fun, like, we're sort of cyberbullying a bully. What was he um, saying back, though? Like, what was his response when people would call him a, a, a loser or whatever? He'd be like, you're a loser. Like, it wasn't good. <laughs> he it wasn't, nailed like, it. clever. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. He's a fucking 10 grand a month fucking entrepreneur, you know? Um like here let me see like some of the messages were like dude give her her count back and he said shut the fuck up bitch (laughs) jesus christ so you know he's kind of a nasty man like he's not nice um i gathered when he stole your account and then tried to exploit you but or extort you but yeah i know i i was hoping we'd have a fun little thing like a like this was you your know. meat cute and he'd he'd be over for yeah. dinner next week or yeah like this could be a sitcom you know but no he didn't want to play that game um so he just said horrible things to people on my account and he was like it just really was a lot um you know i but i got it back so folks if you um were wondering i'm back on tiktok now at xteen schiefer um i still have my other account uh, which is Christina Bina, which is kind of my account that I made when I wasn't sure if this one was ever coming back to me. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and repopulate my feed and see if mm-hmm. I can get it back to normal. But uh, it was it was a journey. And um, when Mustafa sent me those threatening texts, I was like, I see, I can't help myself. I said, bring it on. Yeah, you and my mother are exactly the same. One time uh, someone tried to like, it was like one of those uh spam scam people who they pretend to be the bank and they needed my password to get into my bank account blah blah blah. and this was years ago now i i fell for it in some way where they had like almost hacked in so they didn't actually get my money but 
because I caught I caught on at the very last second, like in the eleventh hour. Thank God, my, I my mom this. found out. Uh, my mom found out, and like really, like Liam Neeson threatened this person. Like really, was mm-hmm. like, "I'll rip your fucking eyeballs out." Like something crazy, and like they fought back. It became a whole thing where then like. Oh my god. <laughs> it was like unnecessary. I was like, you could just You were like, just... Mom, we we won. It's like <laughs> let it be. Yeah, yeah. And she was she's an Aries. She really was like, any opportunity oh, to be fire. a fucking hothead, yeah. I'm gonna take it. The fire's out. So I so did you you didn't pay him the eight fifty. How did you actually of course did, not. did TikTok so support finally, help me? TikTok support helped me, which like okay. to be honest, it took many weeks and finally I had to message from like the Beach to Sandy TikTok and I said I need you to help me. I'm losing my mind. This person is like sending threatening, inappropriate messages to people. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I sent a message and I was like, I need you to help me now or explain why it, why we can't make this work. Cause they just kept closing all my, rec- like my, I'd open a ticket and then it would be like, okay, let's go through all, you have to change your password. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't change my fucking password. Like, I don't know how else to say this. So finally I was like, please fucking help me. And somebody did. Somebody said, send a picture of your ID to this, you know, to to prove it's yours. And I did. And then, like, within a couple of days, um, they were able to to reassign it to my email. And then I was allowed to log in and, like, ch- kick him off. You know, but, there's man, a... It was um, a doozy. There's, there's a, a subreddit that's, like, where do you, like, where do you stand, like, in... Um... Like, what's your one take that finally has you agreeing with boomers? It's like for all their like <gasps> bad hot takes. Where do you actually like get caved? Yeah, where and, do like, you align? Yeah. Where do you actually agree that like they're onto something? And a lot of people are like, just fuck these stupid robots. I have to like, why is there support I that I can't talk to? It's like they're not supportive. It's so it's infuriating. Like that's I, probably where I, I stand mean, with the boomers. I'm like, they're taking our jobs. All these robots, you know. And the ridiculous <laughs> thing is like, so I mean, the ridiculous thing overall is that I'm complaining about my TikTok account when I also lost my health insurance last week and have an infusion tomorrow. So it's like, you know, I should be complaining about that because it's did it come back? Did you pocket. get it? No. Um, and so oh, Christine, we've been don't like, you have Remicade tomorrow? I sure do. Um, <gasps> and so we've been like, oh my that, God. I know it's a nightmare. So like we've been, but this is what I do. I like compartmentalize and then I just like hyper focus on something that's not the real problem. Right. Um, so that I don't lose my sanity. And so we've been dealing with this fucking insurance thing and it's a nightmare because we're on Cobra because Blaze had been laid off. And so we had been using his insurance because podcasters, weirdly enough, don't have access to great insurance in Kentucky. It's the weirdest thing. Wouldn't you um, know it? And so I know. And so I was, I was like calling and trying to figure it out. And then we asked for somebody to help us like with our business manager that we both work with. And they were like, okay, sure. And they put us in touch with these people who work with insurance. And literally like 12 hours later, they messaged back this like really rude fucking email, which I told you about where they like addressed us and put a period after our name. And I was like, don't fucking talk to me like that via email. Like Christine period like don't do that I see you and then this guy goes well I spent hours on the chat bot and I got nowhere and I was like excuse me that's what you've been doing for 12 hours I can sit on a chat bot for 12 hours too my friend like of course you got nowhere taking our jobs I'm telling you kidding me (laughs) are you kidding me I was like he's like well chat bot didn't help me at all and I was like if it was going if it was as easy as getting on the anthem chat bot like we wouldn't have a problem right now but of course that's not going to work. So anyway, I'm just like having one of those weeks where I'm like 
um, everything's fine until for one moment I realize like I'm falling into the pits of insanity and then I just kind of bounce back. So how are you? Hmm. Well, um, I'm, I have my TikTok account and health insurance. So I'm so happy for you. I um, am. I'm not even just saying that this time. I really am because fuck <laughs> it. Somebody needs it. If it's not I, me, it might as well be you. I would like it. I don't know if I need it, but I would like it a lot. Um, so I'm glad that I have that. Mm. But wow, I am nervous for you with your Remicade tomorrow. That sounds really, Thank really you. bad. You know, and, and that's something you don't want to. Like, it's something you don't want yeah, to um, hold off on while we're touring. Exactly. That's why I didn't push it. I was like, I have to go because we're going to Salt Lake, and like, I can't. I can't mess with it. So anyway, it's going to be, I think it's like 13,500 out of pocket. And then with like a dis a rebate, it's like 8,500 out of pocket, which like, what the fuck? Like, who do you think I am? Right. And so I'm a podcaster in Kentucky, not like, you know, that's going to be Buffett. good. I'm like, who's a rich person? I don't know. <laughs> um, no. And like, I mean, I'm very fortunate in that, like, I'm not going to, you know, go bankrupt over it. Like I'm able to, source the money if need be but like do i want to spend 13 grand on something that like should be covered and has been covered and no and i i I don't so i'm just like losing my mind but it's fine we're gonna try to reimburse it um it's just one day at a time did you have uh you had a uh uh what's it called a consultation with a new therapist how'd that go i did I'm so excited and I start on Friday I do and I start Friday not this Friday but the Friday after and she was like do you want to do like an over the phone and I was like you'll hear about that no I don't want to do over the phone (laughs) I was like you'll learn in time that that's unacceptable Um, no, but she so you have really to, do you sweet. still have to drive to her or is it like a FaceTime I, thing yeah it's like in person but I, I prefer that anyway I don't know as you know Mm. well she does virtual too if we're like traveling but um i was like let's just do in person and then i was like i have a lot to talk to you about you've never met me but i have so much to tell you (laughs) isn't it weird it's got to be weird if you're like uh you finally meet like the one therapist wise and like they just appear for me her name is jordan and she just appeared on my screen one day and i was like oh jordan you're about to have a lot of information jordan 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 You're in danger, girl. You, I don't look think you like, know what yeah, you did Yeah, look what you got yourself into. Um, well, well, you I'm, inspired I'm me because you. you've had such success and such growth, as you've said, with Jordan, that I, I was like, you know what? I need to get back back on the saddle. I literally, I love Jordan. I, and I feel like she's accidentally um, become all of our therapists at different times because um, I just keep it's screaming true. to everybody things that Jordan would say. I'm always <laughs> like, well... Jordan said to do that. Please is like, who the hell is Jordan? And I'm like, I don't, I don't mean to be that person. Therapist, I just finally, I mean, M's therapist. <laughs> I just finally found a therapist who isn't fucking miserable. And it took about three decades for that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I wish you luck on your therapy. Oh wait, journey. do you know how I found this therapist? I didn't even tell you. Our social media manager, Megan messaged me, or maybe it was our admin, Katie. I forget. Somebody messaged me and was like, Hey, you got some recommendations. Cause I think I like, frantically shouted in one episode like i'm in northern kentucky does anyone know a good therapist help me and this person whoever it was i have to thank them sent like a recommendation of a practice that they don't work for or anything but they were like hey this is a really good practice very 
uh, open, very accepting, LGBT friendly, et cetera. And I was like, oh, perfect. And so I looked at their page and I reached out and they matched me with someone. So yeah, that was a listener helped me with that. So thank you. You guys really um, are just helping me life coach me through through life. So I appreciate it. What a dream. That's very lovely. What a dream. Um, Would you like to crack into it? I like I really would love nothing more than to just hear a story and forget about everything else. Whatever you're looking for this Valentine's Day, Quince has you covered with luxury essentials at affordable prices you'll love. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I swear by Quince. Every time I wear an outfit from Quince, uh, especially the tops, which I love, they're, they just fit like they're expensive. You know what I mean? Like that you can tell when you wear them that they're going to last a really long time and they look so classic. And I always get compliments. And of course, I immediately start screaming, oh my gosh, check out Quince. Everything is so much more affordable. You can really build like uh, like an everyday wardrobe. Um, even M even noticed that I was dressing nicer when we travel. Um, and it's just because I have these really cute like even luxurious sweatpants with a little flare at the bottom. And they're so much more affordable than any, you know, super trendy ones you might see online. Give yourself or others the gift of luxury this Valentine's Day with Quince. Go to quince.com drink for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash drink to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I have a story for you, Christine, and today we're drinking... <gasps> Liquid death. We're pairing that with our drink. So let's crack into it. Ah, liquid Excellent. death. Pay me. Beautiful. I like. We do this every time. Okay. Anyway, um, I, how many times do I have to tell you? First of all, Blaze still makes fun of you for the time you said they were like a small business at one time, and Blaze was like, "They, they were. Like... They're not now. They were." I don't. I think they were never. I think they were. Well, maybe, but he, but I'm like they're owned by like somebody big i don't know dasani nestle i'm now no but 
Yeah, but like they're not going to pay you. You're giving them free promo. I know. But just know that I'm I'm doing I'm I, this is I'm a martyr. That's what it is. Uh and everyone should uh be so happy. Oh no, I'm okay. wrong. It's 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 owned by uh oh wait, hold on. Hmm. How mysterious. What? It's owned by like McDonald's or something. No, no. I was wrong. Um I was wrong. Oh wow, their brand is valued at seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. Good for them. So, you know. Sounds like they could pay me. Um anyway. It sounds like they don't need to. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Just trying to make myself feel better. Okay. Anyway, since we're talking about water, everybody seems to like what I fucking say, and I'm always getting DMs, so I'm gonna keep saying it. This is your reminder to drink some water, you thirsty little rats. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't really. Ha- Do I get it? Is it like a joke that I missed? Oh, the, look, it's the Christine the Naysayer. She's stay. back after 20 minutes. Oh, wow. It didn't take long at all. <laughs> I took a long rest and I'm back. Uh, I'm back and I'm I'm jazzed up to be to be rotten. Um, and <laughs> I'd like so. <laughs> I'd like to know if I guess I just since you said, oh, people like love it and stuff. I'm like, can you explain it to me? Because I think I'm playing along, but I don't get it. Like, is it a joke that I just never understood or is it like you just say it for fun people just like the reminder to drink like, some is it water a tiktok i mean the rat thing oh n- nope people just like being called rats okay okay so that's not like because I, I thought maybe it's a tiktok joke or something that i like didn't get because i'm an ignoramus but it's just a thing you invented right no you're just you're just you're just not with it no matter what that's all Okay, great. Just want to make sure that's still what's happening. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, Christine, my favorite little rat, who Mm. I hope you took that as a compliment. Okay. I did. I love rats, as you know. Mm -hmm. Sick. (laughs) Well, you don't. So I don't don't know. Again, I don't get it, but it's fine. I love it. Sometimes you don't have to understand. You just get to be part of the party. That's all. So, uh, it's just party of rats, I guess. That's all of us today. And we're going to hear a story, which I wanted to make about calendars and like the one year and 365. It never happened. So un- unfortunately, we don't get that. Instead, we get a fun little tale, which I might need your help pronouncing because I think it's a German last name. Oh. Uh, N-O-D-O-L-F. Nodolf. 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 Uh, not familiar to me in any way, but all right, maybe Nodolf, that makes this more say. fun. <laughs> well, this is the Nodolf. I'm going to call it Nodolf incident. And an incident. Uh, <laughs> that word we both know pretty well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is in Platteville, Wisconsin, which is not Plathville. If anyone has been uh, watching that that Bala drama reality art. show, art. Excuse me. Um, this is Platteville, Wisconsin, and it's in an area known as the Driftless Region, which I love when a region gets its own name. Um, and it's called the Driftless Region because I guess at one point glaciers never passed over it, like it, like the rest of the Midwest. (gasps) And the region was once an ancient layer of limestone. It was just all limestone. Um, and it eroded over time, but it left these big mounds, which became like significant locations for indigenous people in the area. And then those indigenous people also built like thousands more like man-made mounds. So wow, a lot of mounds in the area. Fun fact, Wisconsin 
out of everywhere in the world, I would have not won this trivia round. But Wisconsin mm-hmm. is the area with the largest concentration of effigy mounds in the world. And I would never have known that. I would have seen that on a multiple choice and been like, it's obviously not Wisconsin. I mean, I would have said Ohio. There are a lot here and usually weird shit happens here. Like as far as uh, when trivia questions are brought up, a lot of times Ohio just tends to be the answer because it's like just just some weird random ass fact about Ohio. So I probably would have guessed. (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Yep, Fun fact. This is about to be a story of fun facts, my friend. So um, Mm. we're chock full. The area was also rich in lead, and so indigenous people started mining for lead in the area until the lovely colonizers started moving in, um, and then they became their own miners and moved in on the lead deposits. this is my lead now. Yeah. (laughs) I said, I can't believe I discovered lead in front of a group of people holding lead. (laughs) Yeah, isn't this the craziest thing, you guys? I'm such a good explorer. And since the second white people got here, we've just been mansplaining to people how to do their own fucking job. It's so it's embarrassing. Like, yeah. It's so embarrassing. Uh, anyway, so we were, all these people had literally been holding on to lead for probably a hundred years. Then a white person shows up and goes, uh-huh. there's this thing called lead. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, <laughs> oh. but it's mine. <laughs> it's mine now. God, we've just always been five-year-olds on a playground. So... In 1927, the town of Platteville is established in this area, and due to the lead boom, it's a big mining area, as we knew, and a mining school is officially opened in the town. Um, And again, this is during the 1920s. So later, the school transitioned into just like a general college, not just a mining school. And by 1937, students used some of the stones in the area to build, like, I guess the... um, I'm assuming the school started with an M or M for like mining or something. They really like the word, the letter M. And so in 1937, a bunch of students used stones in the area to construct an M into the hillside to like promote either the school or the town. I don't. There's you have to understand that the way you what? said it sounds like they constructed a giant M Schultz into the side of the oh. mountain you have to it's you a, have actually, to understand that my mind went they constructed a what an a giant m on the side of the mountain i see oh, after i just talked about how shitty white people are and how this place right? is full like of like man-made indigenous <laughs> effigy mounds but there's a statue yeah. of me <laughs> there's a statue of you in the cliff <laughs> <laughs> sorry the letter m understood so yeah, they took they made a bunch put a bunch of stones together. They made the letter M into the hillside. It's actually the world's largest hillside M, and it is two hundred forty one feet tall. Wow! And it's like just leaning up against one of the mounds, and it's now a landmark of the town. Is if you go to Platteville, you'll see this M in the hills. So this is where we hit our first big deep dive. Um, which mm. leads us into our second deep dive. So I hope you weren't really invested in this story yet. We're about to spend the next 15 minutes talking about something else completely. I'm just here for the ride. Great. So like I said, this school decided to put a big letter in the middle of their hill during the 20s and 30s. Apparently this was mm. a very common thing. Um, and oh. this is where I insert my own, my own, I don't know, random information for people to use nothing with uh or to use for nothing but 
living in Burbank, one of our big landmarks is that we have a giant bee on the hill in Burbank. Oh, right. Yes. I do know about the bee. The bee. Yes. It's called the Burbank bee. And uh, it's in the Verdugo Mountains, which I, uh, this is like one of the first landmarks when I moved to Burbank. I was like, oh my God, like, did you know that we have a bee? And everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where I live, there's, uh, we're right up on mountains, the Verdugo Mountains. And uh, there is a bee facing the town of Burbank. If you look up in the hills, there's a massive white bee. It's this popular landmark. Mm-hmm. It's been around since the 20s or 30s. Just like this M has been. Is Here's that the thing, what they though. Just did like their hobbies, like in the twenty. Like I don't understand. Like they, they were just like, I know. Let's write big letters out of rocks. That's what we do. So in the twenties, it's. Uh, well, I will say uh, the reason I bring up the Burbank Bee is because it's a town mystery. How the bee got there? Um, <gasps> allegedly, <Okay>. it stands. <laughs> allegedly, it stands for Burbank, um, but. We really don't know who put it there or when or why, but the there's like three main theories. One is that um, the Burbank Chamber of Commerce put it there to promote the city because apparently everyone at the time was putting letters on the hill and they were like, we got a hill. Um, so let's put it be there. The other thought is that um, there's a school nearby that uh, is called Burroughs, John Burroughs High School. The thought mm-hmm. is that they put it up there to stand for Burroughs. Um, and not Burbank at all. But the main theory is that the key club at Burbank High School put the B up there um, sometime around the 20s or the 30s. That's the the most, the overwhelming popular theory is that Burbank High School did the B. Um, What's at least with people key I've talked club? to. club? Because I'm very stupid. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid too. I assumed it had something to do with singing for some reason, like the, like the chorus key club. What is a key oh, club? I thought it was like a, a volunteer thing, but I could be wrong. I'll, nope, I'll you're Google probably it. Probably right. Club. What does uh, key club a student-led do? high school organization who make the world a better place through service? Okay, so yeah, it is like a well, that's um, lovely. It's, thing. I don't know why I thought key club. I guess because maybe they like <laughs> singing the in, right in minor key. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, key club decided that they were going to put a bee on the hill. Okay. We still don't totally know the origins of why, but the thought is that they did it because at the time a lot of people were doing this and they originally started with like white stones that they also put together to put out a letter. Then at one point it was chalk and it became like a tradition for students to go up there every year and re-chalk it so that the bee would be bright when the school year started. And now it's literally white fencing over a black tarp so that way it really pops. I didn't Um, know that. So people that are usually of like it, either in Burbank, the town or go to Burbank high school think it stands for Burbank. But if you go to Burroughs, I think there's like this like weird obligation to think that the B stands for Burroughs. And because of that, as someone right. who lives in Burbank, I can confirm that Burbank and Burroughs who are rivals, they um, do a lot of pranks with the B like during like homecoming. Like if they play each other, wait, uh, when John you say Burroughs, Burbank, do you mean like Burbank High School or like the town of Burbank? The town of Burbank and Burbank High School both seem to okay, think I, that the I, I didn't know there was Burbank. a Burbank High School involved. And so I thought like when you said, oh, Burroughs High School and like Burbank play a lot of like pranks. I was like, 
Burbank oh, is oh, like oh. a grown ass city. Like leave the high no. schoolers alone. <laughs> but okay, you're saying there's there's also a high school that claims there's... it's B for Burbank. I see. Yes. Okay. Another fun fact, by the way, if you ever watched, I think it was Victorious um, on Nickelodeon, the the school, like they show you like the front of the school in between scenes, that's Burbank High School. Um, oh, back. so they already have a win, you know? <laughs> I know. But John Burroughs High is like known to be where like a bunch of like celebrities and kid actors go if they want to oh. have like the real high school experience. Like all the Seventh Heaven kids went there, I think, and like Matilda went there and um, wow. there's... Uh, Tim Burton went to Burroughs. It's like a very big, like, people in Hollywood went to Burroughs thing. Matilda um, went there. That means Mrs. Trunchbull went there, too. No. <laughs> Actually, the chokey is at John Burroughs High. Um, See, they got it all. They got it all. <laughs> uh, there was that little girl with the pigtails. They actually threw her over the hill into the Burbank Bee. No! Um, <laughs> oh, it's tragic. So, uh, anyway, they, the, no, John Burroughs High School and Burbank High School are rivals. And during, like, homecoming season, they'll prank each other and, like, paint the bee their school colors and stuff like that. Or Okay, um, that's fine. So sometimes it's red, sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's, you know. Um, and another fun fact, if you were to look at the mountain and then go to the other side of it, there's an H for hoover high school in glendale which is the town on the other side of the mountain oh they so, felt left out <laughs> there's well then i was like why are there so many fucking schools putting yeah, letters on hills <laughs> and i guess this was a big thing in the 1920s and 30s where hillside uh-huh. letters became very popular especially in southern california but all over the place including platteville wisconsin with this big ass 240 uh-huh. foot m um because towns were it started with colleges and high schools and then towns started adapting it when planes started needing to find their airfields from the sky. And so they started putting a letter as like their code of like the airfield is nearby that you're looking for. Um, Whoa. I didn't know that. The very first college or school hillside letter was at UC Berkeley in 1905. And they made this big ass C um, and for California, I guess. And it started this school letter craze and up to like 500 schools throughout the country have put a letter in a hillside because of it. Um, what? And this, this is, is crazy. This is, I, I really didn't know about this. You should look up your your schools in your area. I was going to do that um, last night and write a list of like the ones near you, but I didn't want to triangulate you. But um, oh, there's got, uh, maybe even it. like... <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like university of oregon loyola marymount like university of utah has one um but like all these schools have a letter did, somewhere on a hillside in? um school hillside letters okay let's see um whoa wow okay this is interesting um apparently this phenomenon doesn't seem to have really struck cincinnati um Oh, okay. Well, it has it, struck Platteville, I mean, Wisconsin, and then California. Yeah, so <laughs> that's okay. How cool though? These, I mean, these look kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's it's just like a weird fad that I guess happened, and then it became a tradition to like maintain it, so it never really went away. So the Burbank Bee, yeah. anyway, likely became it was part of that fad where like all the California schools in the area were doing it, and this is I where see. I go into my second deep dive. Um, that nobody fucking asked okay. for. But 
do you know which hillside uh, spelling lettering is the most famous in California that came out of this fad? Hmm. Is it in Southern California? Mm-hmm. Starts with an H. Oh, Hollywood. <laughs> the Hollywood sign. Yeah. So um, it was actually... I. I wanted to bring it up because, like, when will I ever get to talk about it again? And I feel like a lot of people who didn't, who haven't lived in the L.A. area don't really, or maybe in California in general, don't know the story of the Hollywood sign, um, which yeah. I'm not going to take forever on it. But I just thought it was, a, like, a fun fact that if it you is don't a, live it in is California, a cool story. you probably don't know about it. Um, so, yeah, it, like I said, a bunch of towns started doing letters in the hills, and some of them got had enough of a budget that they started doing just a full name of an area. So that way, instead mm-hmm. of doing a letter, they had a full phrase. And that is how we got the original sign uh, in 1923 that said Hollywood land. Um, <laughs> and it was, it's the most famous example of these letters in the hills. And fun fact, Hollywood land was actually just the name of like a real estate housing development. Um, it was like just a subdivision <laughs> that was trying to um, advertise that they were selling homes in this area. And it was supposed to be Hollywood land was the subdivision of Hollywood, the town. Mm. And in 1923, the sign was supposed to be a temporary ad in the hills to like play into this like big 1920s craze yeah. of letters in the hills. Um and the sign originally used to light up. It had four thousand light bulbs on it, and it would light up Jesus. Holly. It would light up one by one. It'd go Hollywood Land, Hollywood Land, and uh, so fun fact: it used to light up. And then, even though that it was meant crazy. to essentially be a billboard, um, it had like an eighteen-month contract. But then, because it like gained so much notoriety during the time. Um, it was they asked to keep it and the Chamber of Commerce agreed, but they turned off the lights because it was too expensive. Fair fucking enough. I was going to say that must have been like for an advertisement in the 20s to have 4000 lights on it. Like they must have been making bank selling these properties. That's I know. Crazy. I, <laughs> so the lights stayed on for a decade, too. Um, oh, my God. After the original contract and they kept it up, they were like, we want it to light up. And it's like the thing. So if you ever see, like, a movie portraying the Hollywood sign as, like, lighting up, you'll know if it's accurate or not, if it says Hollywood land, and if the period mm. is from 1923 to 1933. After, between that, it never lit up. Um, and... In 1949, they decided they were going to repair it because it was meant to be up for like 18 months. And now it's been up for like 25 years. You're right. <laughs> so it's like she's busted. And they were like, we should rebuild her. Mm. And I guess the contract stipulated that they would take away land because this whole time it had been promoting a housing development and not the actual town. It was like promoting Hollywood land uh. development instead of Hollywood, the town. So they got rid of land and uh, it stayed up as Hollywood did not light up at all. And then in 1978, this is the last fun fact I'll tell you about it. A windstorm knocked it down or knocked down some of the words. And I guess the first O in Hollywood got split in half, like cut right down in the middle. So it looked like a lowercase U. And then one of the other O's in wood got completely destroyed. And so if you looked at it for... A long time, instead of it saying Hollywood, it said Hollywood. Um, 
and <laughs> people started that was the beginning of people Hollywood. like making fun of the name and like using it during campaigns so like re- the most recent one was like when weed was became legal here the someone went up and like changed the letters to spell holly weed like so yeah it was the anyway so when it said hollywood this led to like this big like star-studded restoration campaign and do you know the name of the a-lister or the celebrity who uh was really in charge with restoring the hollywood sign um do you know what year it was or like about 1978 hmm uh you don't have anderson i have no idea i have no idea kind of it was hugh hefner um Uh okay 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 hugh hefner uh because there's nine letters in hollywood he got it was him, and then he got eight of his friends to each donate. At the time, it was $28,000, but in today's world, it's $130,000. He Oof. got him and eight of his friends to each select a letter and donate today $130,000 to restore it to put Hollywood back together and like have it maintained. Wow. So, okay, and so I assume he got the H. H-H-H. He got the Y. Oh, okay. Never but, mind. But you would think H for Hugh Hefner Hollywood. Yeah, right. Right, I would think. But I guess, you know, somebody really wanted that H, one of his friends, maybe. I don't know. I guess so. But he got the Y, and then other people who were involved were Alice Cooper, Gene Autry. He got Warner Brothers Records to uh, sponsor one of the letters. Wow. Anyway, that is the long-winded double, double deep dive of um, I love Hillside it. Letters. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, like, that's fascinating. And then do you ever start spinning out where you're like, imagine if we didn't have the internet, like we would just literally like nobody would know you just there's no way to know these things. You know, I know. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's um, fascinating. What I'm more fascinated by is the fact that there was a time without internet and enough was preserved to end up on the internet. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it makes you oh. wonder, like, what are we missing? Like, I'm sure there's so much we lost. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I'll have a cry about it later. Yeah, take a weed gummy and you'll really have a spiral I'm out gonna for sure. Jordan late. I'll call Jordan later. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jordan. Um, <laughs> anyway, in case you forgot, we were talking about the Nodolf incident. Um, and we oh, left yeah! off for- forever ago. Where all you know so far is it's a big old area full of effigy mounds. And a mining school came in and they put a big M in the hill. Um in one of their houses okay, back in the 20s. Okay, okay. A letter M, to be clear. Uh, it, not the exciting effigy of M that I thought had been erected on a monument as a monument, but it, the letter if M. If anyone so would like to put exciting. even like a bobblehead-sized statue of me somewhere, you can. I'll, I approve. You go for it. Okay. Um, All right. But uh, so the story really starts now with, okay, so now it's a mining town. People are very proud of that. And then this guy named Charles or Carl, depending on the version you hear uh nodolf or nodolf um he moved to the area from germany now there's two versions to the story there's more of like a legend version and then there's like the what facts have told us version um the more folklore version is that carl bought a cottage within view of the platte mound um and that was that happens to be the one with the m in it fun fact um so he was within view of this mound and he bought a homestead there. But weeks before uh, he 
before he officially moved in with his family, he had to go back to Germany to bring his fiance over. His fiance's name was Caroline. And he was going to bring Caroline over from Germany. She was going to meet him back at their home and they were going to live happily ever after. But she ended up dying of diphtheria during her travels. (gasps) And the outbreak actually claimed most of her family who was traveling with her. And so everyone but her mom and her sister ended up surviving. Or ended up dying. Sorry. Everyone but her mom and her sister. Oh, no. Carl felt like an obligation to her family that they just lost everyone. He just lost his fiance. Mm -hmm. And so um, he had them move into the house with him. Uh, so that way they could stay yeah. a family and he would take care of them uh, to honor his wife or his fiance. That's nice. Um, so he's like, we didn't even get married yet and you could all move in. Yeah. It's like, there's only three of That's us left now, which is sad. Quite a commitment. Um, Carl and the, who would have been his sister-in-law, Louise, fell in love. Drama. Um, And I mean, his fiance wasn't there. So I guess technically he didn't do anything wrong and... So I mean, yeah. But then it kind of feels like he did something wrong because he had to wait two years until she turned 18. Oh, okay. Got weird. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got weird. Mm-hmm. Spoke too soon. <laughs> There's no way it can't become weird. Yeah. So um mm-hmm. so that's the folklore version, which what a lovely tale. Oh yeah, delightful. <laughs> the factual version is that Carl moved to the plat mound with the the next to the mound with the big letter M in it. But the story immediately takes a shift from there because instead of him having to go to Germany and collect his fiance and her family, this, the truer story is that his brother was married into that family and he only knew of them through mm-hmm. his brother and they had already settled in to town. They, there was no like traveling to Germany to have to collect everybody and, so there was no diphtheria outbreak. The family was alive and well. They all lived in the area. Um, and even worse than the folklore version, which I like that someone oh. tried to make it a little less offensive. Oh. Um, Carl's sister-in-law, Louise, who he fell in love with in the folklore version, he did fall in love with her here too. But instead of her being 16, she was nine. Oh, um, it's so much worse. Oh, no. And at 18, so this part, the folklore got right. At 18, they got married. But sounds like someone was waiting a long time. Gross. Um, I don't know. Maybe they fell in love on her 18th birthday. Let's assume. Um, let's hope and pray. Let's hope. And, and just know that that's not the truth. But, you know, let's, the truth let's we just want. cover our eyes and go la la la. And <sighs> on her 18th birthday, it's there's a wedding. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Sometimes I wish in the moment as I was pulling a Factor meal out of the fridge that I could like stream to you guys or show you guys how excited I am because I'll have been panicking for a few minutes trying to figure out what on earth I'm going to eat before you know dropping Leona off at school. And then it hits me. I have Factor in the fridge. How much easier could it get? 
they have two minute meals. I'm not kidding. It's restaurant quality food. You heat it up. It takes two minutes and you can get eating. Plus they have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. I know my brother loves being able to select specifically the vegan meals. And there's even more to enjoy now with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your meal planning even more delicious. As you probably know by now, I'm obsessed with the cold brew smoothies that they have. And those have really changed the game because I stay full longer. I don't feel like, oh shoot, I forgot to eat and I'm just going to buy something on the road. I think those are going to be a staple in my fridge for a long time. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The couple made a happy life together. They had two kids who they named Minnie and Louis. So it's Carl Louise with Minnie and Louis. Cute. And in 1880... The incident happens Uh-oh. where Carl and Louise see a storm rolling through town and it's a bad storm. Remember, they're like right up on Tornado Alley. Mm. The storm seemed to be aimed right at them. Interestingly, mm. they said that the storm was so narrow that you could see a clear sky on either side of its path. Ooh. Which feels super duper ominous. So sinister. Yeah. They secured all the shutters. They put everything away that could blow away. They locked all the doors. And pretty soon it starts torrential downpouring, gale force winds. They all stay in for the night. And they even claim to hear wolves howling over the thunder, which like how loud does a wolf howl for it to be over thunder? They're probably like, let me in. It's yeah, wet like, out it's here. It's wet out here. <laughs> banging on the fucking doors. <laughs> um. So they're hearing wolves. Um, they all feel very Jesus. on edge. Well, the the adults feel on edge. Their kids at this point are like four years old and two years old. So I don't know if they're on edge, but but yeah. So mm -hmm. everyone's just like, it's just a weird scenario. It just feels off. Hours mm -hmm. later, after they've slept a little, Thunder shakes the whole house and wakes up Louise. And she wakes up to her daughter, Minnie, who's four, crying for help from her own bedroom. Oh, no. Louise goes to comfort her kid. But when uh, Louise gets there, Minnie and Louis are gone. Totally missing. <gasps> so she heard them crying for help, and now they're nowhere to be found. What? The couple freaks out and searches the entire house, even though all the windows and doors are still completely bolted from the inside because of what? the storm. 
completely bolted and they're four and two they wouldn't i don't think even know how to unlock it if if they could reach it maybe they could maybe many could at least but they're too small they wouldn't have been able to unlock anything anyway and then also they wouldn't have been able to relock it from the outside yeah right so carl and louise are searching for them they know that they have to be somewhere in the house because they're locked inside um, and they hear their, they start shouting their children's names, wondering where they are. And they hear their kids all of a sudden calling back to them from outside. What? So Carl unbolts all the doors and runs around and finds them outside, standing in the pouring rain. And they grab the kids and rush them inside to the fire to dry them off and get them warm. But... Even though they were standing outside in the pouring rain, seemingly for at least several minutes, they were absolutely bone dry. Clothes, hair, body. As if they had some invisible umbrella over them. Totally dry. Um, It also didn't make sense that many, like, vanished from her room just seconds after calling for help. They heard her in her room. Then she was gone. Then she was outside. So in the time that it took them to find them is how long she allegedly was missing. What in the world? Uh, They kept asking the kids what happened. How'd they get outside? The kids just keep saying, I don't know. And I mean, they're four and two, Ah! so maybe they really didn't know. But eventually the kids tried telling what happened. But every time they would try to describe the event, they started stuttering and couldn't get the words out. And they were not known to stutter, but it was almost like they couldn't, like they were prevented in some way because... They would be talking fine until they had to discuss the event, and then they would only stutter. What the fuck happened? The harder they would try to talk about it, the more they would stutter until it was clear that they were never going to be able to explain what happened and give up. And then they would go back to talking about something else and no more stutter. What? Um, The family eventually gave up asking because they were like, anytime we bring it up, they can't get the words out. So let's just kind of hope that one day you just forget this event and, you know, you went missing. And then five minutes later, we found you. And that's all we're going to chalk it up to. Yeah. I mean, Um, I I guess the good thing is they were found. So at the very least, like they don't need to rehash it over and over. But geez. Yeah. and only after this event, Minnie and Lewis both developed stutters, which stayed for the rest of their lives, especially whenever talking about the event. Really? Um, they had six more kids later and none of them ever stuttered. Side note, I'm saying stutter because I don't think a lot of people actually know the correct term these days. These days, But instead of stuttering, people now say either child onset fluency disorder or fluency disorder or a disfluency. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the family and what happened to them became local lore, and people still can't explain what happened. Some people think that Carl and Louise, like, at the same time, without any history of this, slept walked in unison and locked their own kids out. That's the first theory people go with. Okay. And maybe, like, I guess you could branch out of, like, oh, maybe they were drinking or something. Maybe they were, like, not thinking. I don't know. Or, like, maybe one parent was asleep and the other parent was sleepwalking, you know? Right. I mean, I don't know. Carl suggested that this is just blatantly racist, that perhaps a group of Romani people had attempted to kidnap their kids. It always Um, ends up that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, just blame blame people who weren't even fucking there. Yeah. (sighs) 
So he says, maybe they tried to kidnap my kids, but the storm made it too difficult. But beyond that being wildly racist with and baseless, by the way, um, there were no Romani communities in the area. Romani people didn't travel around stealing children. Um, And also if like, why would kidnappers give up after they've already napped the kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't make They already got make them sense. out of the house. Just yeah. so if the why would you leave then? Like leave them. Whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter cuz it's stupid. It's um, not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally not real. Uh some say that the house was haunted and uh, speculation is that it was Carl's fiance who was jealous that he ended up with her sister and had kids with her and for 15 minutes yeah. only decided to haunt them and then steal her own niece and nephew that's another version and then give them back <laughs> and then give them back oh never mind these kids are too damn much yeah Ugh. um but also remember like the fiance never actually existed in the real version of the story only the folklore Tr- version true. so doesn't even matter the simple option is that carl and louise just made this whole thing up um also it, it, if they did make it up Maybe their kid just happened to develop a fluency disorder at the same right around the same time, and it, they just put that into the story. I mean, at that and, age, like you're starting to talk, you know. I mean, you maybe wouldn't have even encountered yeah. the fluency issue yet, you know. So maybe it was just it hadn't come out yet, you know, or hadn't been recognized. Yeah, that yet. is typically the age that people develop a fluency right. disorder. So they could have yeah, just I'm been all two over things it that happened at the my, same time i feel like my whole world of like kids speech and all that has been it's you just kind of know it all of a sudden you know so much about it when you have a child because it's like all the articles <laughs> and headlines and like what's you know when to talk to a doctor when not, you know so i feel like uh yeah that that makes sense that it would be around that age well so far uh it doesn't sound like leona's having any fluency issues when she says wobbly mountain every five seconds so um, wobbly mountain and uh she might have an ocd issue (laughs) she might have oh she she certainly does multiple people have come up to me and been like um just so you know there you know she's she's showing some signs of like some perhaps ocd tendencies and i'm like i mean yeah is anybody surprised no yeah she's when when you're the mom she's gonna have something but i think it's gonna be maybe uh she's just gonna like weirdly highlight the same text nonstop on the screen or something like it's just yeah it could be worse (laughs) it's like but did she die no like she's fine you know and also like you know what at least i know what it is and what to do you know what how to how to handle it because i because i'm like same girl (laughs) yeah plus yeah. funkle m's got the stash over here so one day when she's big enough for some xanax we'll we'll try some things oh, out god yeah that's great yeah i'm glad we we're planning planning that out wait question what, what was it that you noticed where you were like oh there's ocd tendencies i'm just collecting a little i'm making a little list just to know uh for my well own. i don't i don't know if it actually is but i i have my own sensitivities because my um mom still to this day won't shut up about it that i was and also, I don't think it's OCD. I th- I would imagine it's more like hyperfixating. But she's also literally fucking like two. Like she's allowed to like be like stoked about <laughs> literally Wobbly Mountain barely. All day. <laughs> but um, but my mom to this day will talk about how she should have seen signs of me like being hyper focused on things because there was this one game I would I made up and I would play it nonstop for hours and she'd be like, "You, I didn't even have to worry about a babysitter because 
I could have left you in this room. No way. And you would have played this game that you created from sunrise until sunset, and you would have never gotten bored. By yourself? And it, by myself. I was also an only child. Everything I did was by myself. I know, but, but I'm like, because Leona will not play by herself. She's like, somebody else needs to like walk me up Wobbly Mountain or be entertained that girl by my is destined for a skills. sibling, my friend. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, that was not certainly. how I operated. What was the game? What was the game? Ugh, it wasn't even a fun game. It was just, I truly, it feels, uh, it, it feels like I was just... There was, uh, we had two dogs at the time and it was like the 90s thing to do where you would get like those like ceramic statues of your whole family. Like you'd get like the, you know, like the, remember the chair with all the bears and every bear had like a little name. Precious moments. That's what it was. We had a precious moment statue of both of our dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, (laughs) I, it was just that I had, I would take one statue of a dog and bring it over to the table and put it in the drawer. And then I'd walk back over and I'd grab the other one and I would walk away and I'd put it in the drawer. And then I'd pick up one of the dogs from the drawer and I would walk all the way back over and put it, give it to my mom. And then I would walk all the way back over and I would pick, like, I kind of think I maybe I have like some spectrum tendencies also. Wow. So, that is but I would unique. Do it, I would do, uh, truly, I would do it for ever. Like I, I, there's even audio footage of my mom thinking the microphone was not working on the camera apparently and you can hear her go i think something's wrong like <laughs> oh no okay so she she was like clearly onto something she was onto something. uh but she didn't know what it was i think she just thought i was like really good at self-entertaining um yeah which i was but anyway i don't think uh leona has that yet but if she ever is as obsessed with that as i was with my weird statue game she, I'll the be, girl I'll might be, have some hyper focus issues <laughs> I I wish she was focused on something because Wobbly Mountain, I mean, she's two, but Wobbly Mountain lasts like maybe five minutes. Like the longest it ever gets played is like she goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And then like 10 minutes later, she's like, she just like throws herself off and is like, let's draw. Like nothing lasts. Oh, well, then that totally throws off my entire theory. So yeah, I guess I don't have anything. The OCD thing is is more just like if a drawer is open, like she will like freak the fuck out, you know, and has to close oh. every drawer and dro- door. I don't and, think you, you know, need any more like, of a list, my friend. <laughs> right. Like things that, things that I do where I'm like, I just want to make sure that this isn't just my influence, like being, you know what I mean? That she, but it seems to be all her. She just has these like I, very specific things that need to be the right that sounds way. Like you all know, her. I've never seen you panic about a, a drawer or a dresser or anything. So you, maybe she's got a different flavor of whatever you you've got going on. My drawer and dresser thing is very different. I have to tap the inside of it three times before I close it. Never said that to you before, but that's that's one of them. <laughs> Surprise. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to call Jordan after. I'm texting her right now. That's insane. Um. <laughs> oh, she knows. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, uh, I haven't noticed anything me? yet. I, no, I did not know that. I'm still learning things about you after a whole year of episodes. I'm very good at hiding things. <laughs> I knew about your... You're highlighting text thing, but that's because you can't hide that from me when we're on the same Google Because I can't hide um, it in a Google Doc. It's a it's a curse. Yeah. And when we used to record, remember when we would record in your old house, we would sit next to each other oh, as you would tell stories. Like, I was like, this is for an hour and a half. I'd be like, girl, <laughs> right there. I can I'm see what you're you doing. didn't have epilepsy the way the way I was just like <laughs> fucking flashing my screen like you would have been in such big trouble. 
Um, no, I don't actually see any tendencies just yet, I guess, of, of Leona, but I have no doubt something will appear at some point. Yeah, so, I mean, um, honestly, think about it, you know, statistically speaking, but it's But okay. she's going to be a good time. I don't even, it's like, she's just going to have a quirk. I, if I had a kid, they'd have like 10 quirks by now, so, oh, you know. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for you to buy Precious Moments dolls of your family and see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what, how about this? How about as a gift, I buy Leona two, uh, I'll do Juniper and Moonshine and get her precious moments of them and we'll see what she does with them in a drawer for five hours how about they're that? smashed immediately like you're they're <laughs> don't even spend money on that if they're gone there's no way they, she's also related to me like they're gonna crash into a million pieces and it's gonna be like emotionally damaging and then i'm gonna have to deal with it yeah 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 well anyway. um eva if you're listening we um i do i'll send you the video of me passing the the dogs back and forth nonstop. I don't know if I have the clip of my mom saying that. something's wrong, but she does imply it, so you'll hear it for sure. You can just call anyway. her, call Linda. She'll say it now. She'll say something. She would wrong say it now. She'd it be like, audio. "I." Sh- she was like, "Some." It was my own fault that I didn't take you to a doctor sooner because it was. It's obvious something was like you it's were all self-entertaining. Faults, you know, it's always well. and it's their parents' fault. It's always everyone's parents' fault. You know. Yeah, it's mom, it it's your fault. You take it up with your I own mean, therapist. They know. <laughs> you know what you did. Honestly, I was such a fucking weird kid that that one probably just flew under the radar compared to everything else. So it I'm not like really this, all that this, surprised. At least, you're enter- at least you're babysitting yourself. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I was having a good time. I wish I, I wish uh, somebody, I wish Leona would entertain herself every now and then at least, but no. It, you know what? Maybe she just hasn't found the right game. A Funko Emil shower. Don't worry. That's Maybe not. I, I got it. Oh, I got okay, the great. You handle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, where were we? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so I only have a little bit left here, but um. People think that either they made it up, they think that maybe it never happened at all, they think it might be a ghost, they think they were sleepwalking. Um, Some people who did think that Carl and Louise were making it up, they were like, well, maybe they just wanted a story, maybe they were new to the area, maybe they like that was the way that they wanted things to go. Um, mm. But neighbors remember seeing them completely disturbed about this for like months afterwards, like they could not figure out if their kids were safe or like where their kids are going because now they're i mean they lost their kids with no real explanation so now they're probably That's panicked every scary. night that they're gonna lose their kids um it was obvious that something happened so maybe other people think like a poltergeist because that would make sense of like luring the children out being able to open the door and lock them out um but th- i mean people also who go to the area still say that they hear like phantom voices and creepy sounds at night but like a poltergeist doesn't usually last for like 15 minutes. It's like an ongoing problem. Um, yeah, because after this, like it never weird, happened again. Very powerful thing to happen one time. And then it, like, you know, it's just, odd. it would be odd, I think, but I don't know. Well, this is where we get into Christine's favorite, which is some people theorize aliens could be responsible. I knew it. I mean, I theorize the second you told me they were outside I was and they weren't wet. I was like, well, fucking aliens, obviously. Yep. So many people consider this one of the earliest records of a US alien abduction. And in the <gasps> I mean, it has the classic lost time aspect where yep. the kids don't know what happened. They don't know how they got outside. People heard them in the house, and then all of a sudden they were outside of the house. And it was minutes later. So maybe for us it felt like minutes. Maybe they actually were gone for a long time. Um they disappeared 
seconds after calling for help reappeared later uh maybe something happened that keeps them from remembering or being able to describe the experience yeah, like they can't aliens, talk about it which i they can't yeah, talk that feels about like it. an alien thing right to have like yeah. the sudden onset disfluency yeah. as if like they did something to like warp their ability to, to share about it um also it feels like they were shielded in some way from the rain because they were not wet even though yeah. there was a literal fucking like tornado outside um or yeah. it was like a torrential downpour and that suggests like technologically advanced things especially for the i i it was either like the late 1800s or early 1900s that this story was um so yeah something that they had never seen before uh kept their kids dry and maybe even carl and louise were the abducted ones which is why it seemed like the mm. kids vanished suddenly like maybe they had Maybe they had done something to like either save their kids or get their kids out of the house and they just don't remember anything. Um, hmm. So anyway, if, if that is to me, that's the theory that makes the most sense. I know like UFOs and aliens are like first you have to believe in UFOs and aliens for the theory to make sense. But for right. me, it makes total sense that it would be an alien abduction. I think it was and aliens. If, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I think it was aliens. I mean, why else? The, the dryness, the like not being or being so traumatized they can't talk about it or they they develop like this disfluency when they try to talk about it. It's so traumatizing. They're so freaked out. They don't even know what happened. They're dry from the rain. They're outside of a locked house. They're little kids near like a, an area that has a lot of like, uh, I don't know, rich cultural history. I don't know. I think I think well, it was aliens. Even think like if like this was way before the 1950s UFO craze, so they wouldn't have even had the context to talk about it. Like they right. wouldn't have right. known how to say a flying car. They wouldn't have even been able to say car. Maybe I don't. I don't even fucking know how far right. back in history this goes. But a flying machine of people who don't what look like fuck? people. Like they wouldn't know what to say. Um, I mean, for a four-year-old, yeah. Like, how do you even? Con a two-year-old he had to just think he was dreaming the whole fucking time it's like this i don't know i, I have no so. idea how you process that it's like i mean they say all, all, all the time on tiktok it's like imagine explaining this to a victorian child but imagine explaining a ufo abduction to like a two-year-old <laughs> from the 1910s you know like they're you just they'd be impossible. like i'm sorry i can't talk to you your arms are showing and that's illegal or something right. and i'd be like oh <laughs> right i can't even have a conversation with you so let alone like tell you about aliens you know there's so many people who think like if i could go back in time what year would i go and it's like if you were to go back as you are exactly right now like you don't get it's to change happening. your clothes I'm currently in only underwear. If I just flopped onto a field in the <laughs> 1700s, I, oh my God, I can't even imagine what they would do. Oh, um, imagine. Anyway, similarly to UFO abductions, because uh, UFO abductions, again, that was a big thing that happened in the 1950s, but this was before that. So right. if it wasn't a UFO abduction, another theory is that the kids might have been taken by fairies, um, mm. that time passes differently similarly similarly to ufo abductions if fairies take you time passes differently and in a lot of traditions fairies actually live beneath mounds like the plat mound oh. that they lived nearby um fairies are also said to use magic to prevent people from talking about them which would explain the mm. disfluency and a lot of contemporary folklorists say that ufo abductions are actually fairy abductions that were bastardized through an american lens because there's 
a lot of similarities to if an alien abducts you versus if a fairy takes you. But because we're all obsessed with UFOs over here, our natural between the two is to assume, oh, an alien. Right. It's just like a different naming of it. Wow. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. So could be any of those things. I know to this day it has not been solved. We don't know. Um, Wow. Whatever happened. People still consider the location extremely mysterious and paranormal and even haunted. And that is the Nodolf incident. Wowza, dude. I can't believe I've never heard of that, honestly. Yeah, I looked it up to um to try to get more insight. There's like shockingly little information out there on it. So no shout out to Sersha I mean, for the research. Oh yes, thank you, Sersha. Um I typed Nodolf incident and it says uh, link connect with Scott Nodolf on LinkedIn. No, thanks. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't have a lot of quick links. Yeah. That's, that's wild. What a story. Um, well, I, uh, I think it was aliens. So that's my hot take. Um, I also think it was aliens or fairies. Great. But one of the two. I think it was aliens. So <laughs> here we go. I have a story for you today. Um, that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Uh, and it is the story of the lipstick killer. It's interesting when you say that you wanted to do something for a long time, because the fact that I feel like I know you so well, and I know what's going on in that twisted little brain of yours, but then you just say things like that. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. So I clearly didn't know what you were thinking about this whole time. But you didn't know about my drawer tapping. So, you know, there's a lot you don't know. I'm a secret vault. The way that I will be clocking that from now on, though like a hawk is very you won't see it i've hit it my okay. firm everyone my whole life <laughs> i think i just no, have there's seen a reason nobody knows drawers. about it i don't think i've a seen what? you near enough drawers if i take you to like an antique store with a bunch of furniture though maybe i open a bunch of doors to drawers and just see what happens you know it's just like be like uh david attenborough like um the specimen walks toward oh, yeah. the old armoire <laughs> with her little fingies outstretched she thinks no her- one can see her but if she doesn't yeah, exactly. tap the inside of the drawer three times, her whole family will die. So let's watch. Oh, <laughs> it's it fun. It we have fun. Yeah, well. <laughs> we laugh because make... if we don't, we'll cry. Yes, I understand. That's uh, one of my gifts. Make everything make everything sad. Okay. Here is the lipstick killer, which I said to you like, oh, that you would know it, but I guess not. But I remember one of our earliest episodes, like truly like three or four, I mentioned this guy and I and you said oh, you should cover that someday. So you did at one point know about it, but I think in my mind, One whole it was dog so year later, you're doing it, mem- Christine. I'm very excited. I know, just for you, even though you have no memory of that, apparently. Um, but you might actually remember one part of it that is like the the famous el- visual element of it. So we'll see if you, we'll see if you pick, up, pick up on it. But this is the story of the Whipster Killer. This is actually a two-parter, okay, folks? So- oh. Buckle up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's the story of William Hirons. And uh, we're just going to start off with his childhood. So he was born in Chicago, William George Hirons, in November 1928, which was just about a year before uh, the notorious Black Monday stock market crash of October 28th, 1929, which, you know, sent the U.S. into uh, the Great Depression and started that whole era. 
Um, and at the time, he he was uh, the son of a florist. His father had a flower business. And when the Great Depression hit, his flower business went under. And, of course, like so many families in that era, um, William, who went by Bill, uh, his family was uh, thrown into poverty. And that's how he grew up. So in addition to being impoverished, his parents argued constantly. So he had a very, very high tension and strained home life. Um, but, you know, plenty of kids were in this exact same position and had to find ways to cope and entertain themselves. I guess they could have used a little precious moments of a dog and put it in a drawer. and That might have done the <laughs> trick, but I, I don't know if that was op an option. Um but for what it's worth, Bill was very creative. He loved to draw. He was very, like, into arts and crafts. He liked to tell stories to his younger brother, and he liked to tinker and try to fix things around the house. Um, but he was largely unsupervised. And as he got older, he, as some kids do, tended to gravitate toward more troubling ways to fill his time. Um, for example, when he was 12 years old, he worked as a cashier at a grocery store, which, by the way, imagine being 12 and, like, you're supporting your family by working at a grocery store it's just so sad you know it's just really mm. sad so he's working at a cashier and one day he got his math wrong uh, during a transaction and he accidentally shortchanged his drawer by about a dollar which today is about Oof. 21 dollars yeah so that was Oof. not good and he knew he had to like find a way to make that up to get a dollar so he ended up stealing a dollar from someone else to avoid getting in trouble and uh, uh oh, the, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like he was trying to get to keep things right, and then it just went sideways, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And so the way that he was uh, stealing this dollar, he reached through a slightly ajar door in an apartment building, um, and it had a chain lock, but it was like slightly open. So he reached through where the chain lock was and there was an open purse right inside the door and so he oh, that's convenient stole that's the like doll. wildly yeah wildly a convenient i mean i think he wandered around looking for like an open apartment to steal from i don't think it was like he didn't just like found. manifest I think he a just perfectly open purse you know i mean maybe he did I don't know, but he's he happened to find somebody who had left their door open and he was able to you know reach in and steal some money and when he did that he got a thrill out of it which is uh -huh. where things go wrong um mm -hmm. he began stealing regularly he went after anything from money and expensive property like guns and radios to things that were pretty much useless just like so he it, sometimes he would just steal for the sake of stealing you know like not a lame is situation but like more just for funsies um <laughs> and so of course, on the one hand, his family is struggling and he's helping to provide a little bit for them in layman's fashion. But um, on the other hand, some of the items he stole included men's boxers, handkerchiefs, um, things that like he just kept as like little trinkets, not actually to support the family. Um, and he later claimed he actually never sold anything he stole. Like the things he stole were not for profit. It was just like for the thrill of stealing. Um, okay. And there was something about stealing that sort of uh, relieved, I guess, his home life tension. Like it was able, it was like an outlet for him. And uh, it became his favorite hobby. Um, later when his parents asked him. What a neat little daily activity. I know. It's like he didn't have a hoop and stick. So why not? <laughs> pilfer, 
Pilfer for the, a, a Christine, for the rest of our days, I don't know what it is. I don't know what episode we started saying hoop and stick, but like that. <laughs> I like, don't either. It was, is, and always will be the funniest thing that can come out of your fucking I know. mouth. Like, I, why do we say it? I just love it. Why it don't we sell laugh. our own hoop and stick yet? I don't understand. We've, we have to. Uh, Eva, you've said that once that a year, down. every year. We've, 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 we need How to How hard a... can it be to sell a hoop and stick? How hard? It's two pieces of wood. <laughs> it's a hoop and a stick. It's a hoop and a stick. It sells itself. Okay. So he, he started this great pastime. Um, and later his parents asked him like when this all started. And he said he got the idea from comics and radio shows that made stealing seem like a thrill. Uh, hmm. So after this sort of petty crime spree, uh, of course, he was eventually going to get caught. And he finally did in June of 1942 at age 13. He was caught breaking into a locker in a basement near his home, and he was sentenced to a, yikes, Roman Catholic juvenile detention center in Indiana, um, which is like sort of a correctional school, um, but with very strict Roman Catholic um, oversight. And uh, apparently he was a stellar student there. He followed all the rules. He was well-behaved. He got good grades. Um, And so when he returned to Chicago... It was almost like he had been reformed, but he, of course, fell quickly back into his old habits because he just could not resist stealing. And he was arrested again. He was sentenced to another Catholic institution. This time it was a private school in Peru, Illinois, not Peru. Um, <laughs> I Peru, like the Illinois, little the, the Midwest Illinois. Side note, yeah, the 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 Midwest loves to like create. I mean, I was talking, my brother and I talk about it all the time. But there's a town in Kentucky called Versailles, which is spelled like Versailles, uh, <laughs> or is it in Indiana? I don't know, but it's called Versailles. Like, I feel like people just love to take like European stuff and then pronounce it wrong in the Midwest. Um, so right, for all right. I know, it could be like Peru and not Peru. I don't know, but <laughs> Peru, Illinois. Uh, I have no idea how it's pronounced. Um, but while he was there, Bill thrived again. Like this sort of structured school environment really worked for him. Um, and when he was just 16 years old, he qualified for a new program that admitted excelling students to the University of Chicago based just on academic merit. So like he really kicked ass in school. Um, he skipped his senior years of high school and went immediately to college to get a bachelor's of science. And what he wanted to do was become an electronic engineer. So in later 1945, Bill was 17 years old. He was starting this new life. He was living on campus at the University of Chicago. It like looked as though he had totally turned things around. Um, he started doing some legal hobbies, like ballroom dance classes, which, like, what a turn of events to go from petty theft to ballroom dancing. That has uh, a new Hollywood blockbuster film written all over it. It really does feel like a like a West Side Story or something of a, a, a yeah. I just think or like a, an Oliver Twist something where there's just a lot of theft and a lot of music and for no reason there and a lot of music they just go hand I in told hand. You Les Mis, did I not? I've it thrown that out like three times yeah. now. So you're right. You're onto something saying. for sure. Um, I've by the way never seen Les Mis, so you know what? I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm I'm pretending. Crime and uh, and okay. singing. Yeah, it's vague enough. It yeah, makes sense. it's French, all that shit, you know. <laughs> so he starts his legal hobbies, as in ballroom dancing, chess. He got really into classical music. Like, he is nerding out in the best way. 
Um, he was pretty popular. He was socially very successful, had an active dating life. Um, one member of his dance class later said Bill was the most popular boy there, describing him as handsome, smart, and a good dancer. Everyone wanted to be his partner. Um, but internally, Bill really was struggling, which people didn't realize. Uh, his classes were more difficult than he anticipated. I mean, keep in mind, he's 17, and like all he's ever known is like this life of working and trying to support his family and, and stealing. And now he's 17 and is like, thrown into college campus um and so he struggled with his classes uh he had to work a lot harder than other students to keep up and one source says that bill's mother had raised him to have a very puritanical view of sex um Mm. that it was that it was wrong um and as a as a catholic school child a former child uh i can at least attest that i'm sure in his reform schools it was frowned upon and talked about as a bad thing so i don't know if his mother said it but at the very least i'm sure the catholic upbringing didn't help um Mm -hmm. and so he had this this extreme anxiety about anything sexual like he he would cry if he even kissed a woman or he really really um I don't know. This is, again, I want to be clear, too. This is just one source that claimed this. So I'm not 100% sure if... Just take it with a boulder of salt, as we say. Um, But, you know, it does add a little bit of texture to the story, if it's true, um, that he would sometimes even get sick when he kissed women, um, which, you know, that could be a number, a whole host of of reasons why that would happen. The irony irony of purity culture being your demon. Like, like your big yeah, the skeleton like, you have to deal with. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, and I'm sure there's all sorts of probably tangled stuff in one's mind if, if you're in that state. Oh, yeah. But his anxieties piled up um, and Bill just like couldn't cope very well. And so he turned back to his favorite hobby, his favorite pastime, which was burglary. Hmm. And... As he started this getting back into burglary, um, the U.S. meanwhile was was trying to climb back out of its you know Great Depression financial crisis, and we were creeping toward the end of World War II. Um, but still, in June of that year, a lot of uh, media focus was about World War II. And so, when 43-year-old Josephine, known as Josie Alice Ross, was found murdered in her Chicago home in June of 1945, that didn't even make the front page, even though under normal in a normal climate or normal climate but like in a normal news cycle that would have been front page news but because of world war ii um it just didn't even make the front page and so what happened in that case which wasn't widely known at the time but of course we know now is that an intruder had broken into josie's home wrapped a skirt around her face and neck and stabbed her multiple times (gasps) in the neck oh my Uh, god and 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 sort of hid her face with this skirt and even weirder is that her wounds had actually been taped shut with like mechanical (gasps) tape like somebody was trying to like fix them yeah or like hold in the bleeding or something so like or something yeah oh my god yeah it's it's really disturbing um so yeah like as if somebody was trying to stop the bleeding or felt remorseful in like an out of touch way you know it's unclear but um it was obviously very disturbing and investigators pursued Josie's fiance and several ex-boyfriends but all of them had solid alibis so in the end they thought oh well it was probably just a burglar who was surprised by Josie uh having assumed nobody was home and attacked her randomly 
um, which didn't quite match just because of like the specificity of like putting yeah. that. Like all the very specific parts of it don't really. If I were surprised that someone was there, it would be really hard for me to like. My first thought would not be first of all if I was going to kill somebody. I don't really know what my first move would be, but I don't think take a skirt and put it over their head and then mechanical bandage them. No. Yeah, yeah, that part it doesn't really add up to me. Um, So that was just kind of the only thing they had to lean on was like I guess it was a burglary gone wrong, Um, but. On top of that, nothing had been stolen. So, again, it just seemed unreasonable. And what they did find uh, was a bit of dark hair clenched in Josie's hand. Oh, good for her. uh, Good girl. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, this is well before DNA analysis. So, at the time, it really didn't mean much of of anything. Um, And so, the investigation hit a dead end. And they just thought, we'll never solve this. But six months later, things had totally shifted. Um, The climate had changed. World War II was over. Soldiers were coming home. Things were looking up financially. I mean, we're heading into that, like, which is one of my most fascinating, like, deep dives, just the the kind of, like, Pleasantville-esque nature of the 50s where it was, like, everybody's Mm -hmm. home and don't think about anything that happened 10 years ago. Like, look at my casserole. Half of the population is shell-shocked, but let's keep keep coasting. But let's keep taking Valium because we can't function. I just find that whole time in American history very interesting. But anyway, so the media, of course, were like, all right, let's move on from this war, this depression. Let's find some new news to talk about. So in 1945, on December 11th, when 32-year-old Frances Brown was found murdered in her home, uh, the news outlets were like, all right, we got a, a big story here. And uh, she had been killed the day before on December 10th, and her head had been wrapped up in towels, much like Josie's had been wrapped in a skirt. Uh And she had also been stabbed in the neck, just like Josie had been, and there was a bullet wound in her head. And like in Josie's case, nothing had been stolen. So, odd. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little too similar to Josie's case to discount. Uh, they also found a bloody fingerprint smudge on the door jam of the apartment. But what really attracted the media was a message that the killer had left at the scene of the crime. And this message. Ooh, I already have goose cam. Okay, we'll post it. It's actually one of our first Instagram posts that we ever posted it on. And that's why we drink in like 2017. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's written in lipstick across a wall. And the words read. For heaven's sake, catch me before I kill more. I cannot control myself. <gasps> oh, chilling. Also, like, yeah, uh, in lipstick. Okay, I was wondering when the lipstick would come into play, but that's. Yep. Oof. Oh I'm going to send okay. you a, I'm going to send you a picture of it because I think you might recognize it. I feel like this is the thing that I showed you way back when. Um, and then I posted it on instagram back in 2017 uh but it's like really disturbing to look at um and we'll post this as well oh on instagram, i immediately I... recognize it right Ooh. and the handwriting is, is so particularly eerie. chilling i don't know what it is about the handwriting but it's like kind of chicken scratch but like some of it's in cursive but like some of it looks like a five-year-old drew it and it just it, it looks almost yeah. like i i know this isn't the case because someone's like at the same time begging to be found but it seems like almost zodiac killer writing it seems like like a an intentional writing to not be caught 
Yeah, I think what like really gives me the heebie-jeebies about it, like what you said, is that the letters are all kind of different. It's almost like mm-hmm. ransom letters, where it's like yeah, yeah, some are lowercase, some are uppercase. Uh, ooh, it gives me the creeps. It's like they're all. Ki- it looks like somebody was like learning to write each letter. Almost, it's like each one yes. is very. Yeah, it, it the, and even the L is like kind of a loop, but it's just uh-huh. odd. It's very odd, very chilling, very unsettling. Um, and so they found that across the wall of this murder scene. And of course, the papers jumped all over this um, and they dubbed the culprit the lipstick killer because, again, this message had been written in lipstick. And this sent Chicago into a frenzy because this killer who had written this message had promised he would kill again. So now they're like, shit. He's out there somewhere, you know, TikTok, uh, he's coming for us. So women who lived alone, of course, felt this deep-seated fear that they could be next, especially because the first two attacks had seemed pretty random. Um, And then weeks later, on January 7th of 1946, this is very sad, just a warning, of course it's sad it's all sad but james degnan um entered his six-year-old daughter's bedroom at about 7 30 a.m uh for first to get her up for school and discovered she was missing and james and his family lived in a pretty affluent neighborhood and so police were very quick to respond and like you know come out full force to search for uh six-year-old suzanne and what they found, which they didn't notice at first because they it just they just kind of like skipped over it. But when they looked closer, there was a wrinkled, crumpled up note in Suzanne's bedroom. And this note demanded a ransom for Suzanne's safe return. And the note advised James, uh, Suzanne's father, not to involve the police or FBI and uh, instructed him instead to send twenty thousand uh, dollars in exchange for Suzanne in five and ten dollar bills and then burn the note for Suzanne's safety. So burning the note, uh, thank God, didn't happen because when they took a closer look, they found a fingerprint on this (gasps) piece of paper. And Mm -hmm. fingerprints were something we were paying attention to. Yeah, we had that figured out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> by okay. this time okay. by the by the 50s yeah we knew about fingerprints um, i just never know 40s, i always yeah. get my fucking hopes up and I then know, i forget that dna wasn't it's like a, a universally question. discovered thing or a, yeah you know it's a fair question yeah yeah i do um so whether the abductor ever actually intended to return suzanne or if he was just like punishing james for involving the authorities when he said not to it's unclear but either way suzanne was tragically found dead roughly 12 hours after being reported missing. And it's really Ugh. gruesome and really horrible. Uh, the killer had dismembered her remains um, and, <gasps> and moved them to different parts of town. Uh, the first piece of her that was discovered was her head. <gasps> uh, it's just so fucking horrible. Um, an anonymous tipster spotted the remains in a sewer near the Degnan's home. And her right and left legs were found in three separate drainage sites, like catch basins and storm drains. And her torso and arms were eventually discovered in other drains and sewers. Um, so this is just an incredibly horrifically dark and twisted person um, who did this. Oh, my God. And so 
Eventually, investigators uh, searching the neighborhood discovered the basement where Suzanne had been dismembered. Like, they were able to say this is where it happened, but evidence suggested that she had been killed elsewhere in a location that they just could not find. So they knew the, like, basement area where this had happened. Um, Chicago erupted over this monstrous crime as you can imagine um and police didn't quite make a connection yet between this murder and the lipstick killer murders because they were nothing alike at all josie and francis were both adult women they were alone at home they were killed in similar ways they had their faces covered as though like remorseful um the murderer didn't take anything didn't leave a ransom note and meanwhile suzanne was abducted from her bedroom while her family was home uh and they they actually found a ladder outside in the backyard that Whoa. had been used to reach her bedroom, which is, I mean, talk about like a fear, like a childhood fear that somebody could like get up to your window. It's just fucking terrifying. Um, so the killer was after money, which was not the case in the other two murders. And the dismemberment was completely different as well. Like, so it just didn't really match up. Yeah, um, it's like he's experimenting with new tactics or something. Yeah, or it's a totally different person. Just saying. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so the coroner's expert declared that Suzanne's body had been dismembered with terrifying precision. So I just like say that because, yep, because you had mentioned um, like experimenting and it sort of didn't come off that way. It was like, no, no, this person knew what they were doing. They weren't like trying things or messing around like they had very very carefully done this and had planned to do this um and so the coroner's expert basically believed the killer had a background in anatomical studies dissections perhaps butchering um and according to him not even the average doctor would know like would be able to pull this off because Mm -hmm. i guess there is um this is disturbing like all of it's disturbing but uh obviously but uh just particularly one of my issues but uh there is apparently one spot you can dissect a torso or like separate a torso from the bo- from the legs i think without cutting through bone like there's just one very specific part of your spine and that mm-hmm. is where she had been dismembered so whoever did this knew how to do it in like the most efficient way uh it, it's just something not a normal everyday doctor would know it's something either a surgeon or somebody with like very precise knowledge would know so at first um they were desperate for a lead so they arrested this guy 65 year old hector verberg and he was a custodian in the degnan's building who also worked in the building where suzanne was dismembered and to clarify when they found the basement where she had been dismembered this was an apartment building so it wasn't like one one specific family's basement that they could point to Sure. who lived there it was like a, a general a lot of people lived in this building and this guy happened to be a custodian in the degnan's building and in the building where they found this dismemberment site and uh because he was the custodian he frequently went into the basement and uh it seemed like a suspicious coincidence but it really wasn't um he it made sense that he was a custodian in multiple buildings in the same neighborhood. Like he was hired to be a custodian. It wasn't that unusual that he uh, was in both buildings. He had a connection to both buildings, but police really wanted heck. Yeah. Yeah. And so police were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so weird. And so they arrested him and they Mm. demanded 
he confess. Um, they oh. even put pressure on his wife to make some admission proving Hector's guilt, but she was like, he didn't do anything. And he was instead subjected to a 48-hour interrogation. He was physically tortured and psychologically tortured, mentally tortured. They denied him food. They blindfolded him. They beat him. They hung him from oh the ceiling God. by his arms. Yeah. <gasps> Uh, oh my which god that's medieval his shoulder yeah i mean it right it is it feels very very arcane and like, what year was not this archaic i mean um 1946 i believe yeah that un uncalled for unheard of like unnecessary yeah, i mean all the way through unnecessary for sure definitely uncalled for definitely not unheard of unfortunately um <laughs> but definitely uncalled for and they dislocated his shoulder and after he was released hector stated any more and i would have confessed to anything but he held up wow. he, he, he held on to his innocence this whole time and apparently after he got out of the police station he went straight to the hospital and uh he and his wife ended up moving away i mean imagine how traumatizing that is like they're like okay you can go and you've I just, can't, you just i can't whole... imagine i don't know how uh, how society didn't crumble just uh, just as with the mindset of like if i beat someone into saying whatever i want them to say they must be guilty like how did we how did we survive as a species with that poor ass thinking it's wild i mean, I mean I this think is not the first just time obviously let the but... people who were in charge keep doing it keep being in charge because they were like oh it's you're wild. a witch sorry you can't you can't be you can't live anymore so i'm just gonna kill you I don't it's know. Just, it's I, just, I think, it just I think boggles the mind society... as someone who never, as someone who never had to, uh, like, we're just, uh, it's moments like this from like, I'm so lucky that I was born not in that Me time. too. Like, but it's, oh God, it's just, yikes. I just, it's just so hard to wrap it's my just, head around feels how very, that was a working system. I agree. Yeah. It feels very hopeless, you know? And I mean, this kind of thing still happens, so it's not even like we're that far off from it. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, so the Hector and his wife sued the police department and they won. Um, and the police was stuck with his hospital bill, which I think was like 18 grand or something. Um, it was a Good. lot of money, but yeah, but Hector still suffered the emotional turmoil, of course, and the trauma of this. And now a social stigma of like everybody staring at him, like, are you the fucking guy who killed that little girl? Um, right. And he, he felt like the accusation cast such a shadow over him and his reputation that he, he and his wife had to leave town. They couldn't live there anymore. Um, and so now investigators have done fucked up and they're back at square one and they decide to pursue another trail. And near the Degnan's home, they had discovered some blonde hairs and a wire that they thought had maybe been used to strangle Suzanne. And near those items, they had also found a handkerchief, which was monogrammed and like embroidered with the name S. Sherman. Okay. So police found records that a recently discharged Marine named Sidney Sherman was living at a YMCA in Chicago. And so they went and found him. And when they arrived to question him, he had abandoned his living space without notifying anyone and had even left his job without collecting his final paycheck. So Shady. it seemed a little bit like, yes, like maybe he was on the run. Um, an extensive manhunt ensued and they located sydney several days later in good old toledo ohio uh where he had eloped with his girlfriend and when they found him they were like hey we got your handkerchief and he was like that's not mine and they said yes it is and he said no it's not and 
<laughs> he passed a polygraph test, so there really wasn't anything they could do about it. Um, you know, we know a polygraph is not admissible evidence, but they didn't even have that to go off of to like pressure him. So they basically had sure. to let him go. Uh, and turns out it was not his handkerchief. <laughs> so after all oh my this, God. it wasn't even his handkerchief. Uh, they actually eventually found the real owner of the handkerchief, a guy named Seymour Sherman. Um, not oh, Sidney Sherman. Okay. So Seymour was like, oh, yeah, that's my handkerchief. And he cooperated with the police and he was able to prove that he wasn't even in the country when Suzanne was killed. So oh, okay. we don't know well, how. He had nothing to worry about. Yeah, he was fine. Um, he didn't have to hide in Toledo or anything. Uh, but his handkerchief, nobody knows how it ended up in Suzanne's neighborhood. Um, even to him, like he still couldn't say how that ended up where it was. He's like, I have no idea. Wow. Um, but his okay alibi was airtight so now they're at another dead end and at this point police announced several times to the public that they had captured suzanne's murderer and so people are thinking like oh it's hector they've caught him not hector oh it's a sydney sherman they caught him nope not him oh it's seymour sherman nope not him so they're basically like running against a ticking clock and the public is getting pissed off because they're like you are you keep telling us you got the person who did this and then right figure it out you let them go yeah figure it out so the killer or killers were still at large and of course the media is now starting to turn on the police and saying like hey you're not handling they're not handling this right they're not getting any answers and this pressure was mounting and uh now we cut back to good old william hirons aka bill we're now looking at him in late June of 1946. He's doing pretty well for himself. Um, he's enjoying the summer between his freshman and sophomore years at University of Chicago. He's still doing his little hobby of petty thievery. And uh, <laughs> he had actually stolen enough money over over this time to purchase $1,000 in saving, savings bonds. So he's like stealing, but then he's like using it to try and, you know. He's like, it's like a know, weird self Robin Hood situation. Yeah, yes. A sell yeah, like Lay Miz. I mean, come on, folks. Okay, so <laughs> am I wrong? Maybe. Probably. Uh so <laughs> So stupid. Oh again, I've never seen it. Um so Bill was scheduled to go on a date with a girl he really liked. So he headed to the post office to cash the bonds to get some money to take her on a date. And uh, he took a revolver with him, apparently for protection, because he planned to walk home with $1,000 cash in his pocket. And today that's about sixteen grand. So he's like, I'm walking home with sixteen grand in cash. I'm bringing my gun. But uh, the post office was closed. So Bill... Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy decided to steal some cash for his date on his way home. What class act. Stupid, 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 stupid. You know what? He was because determined Bill, to go on that date. He said she's going to have a good time. He wanted it to be nice. Allison, yeah, why don't you steal candles. 16 grand for a date with me? I'm confused. Wait a minute. I mean, maybe she does and she's just better at it. You know, she's maybe sneakier. she's maybe she's just. Like me and my drawers, you know, my drawers. I meant my drawers. Never mind. Okay. Unassumed. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows. Just like Les Mis. Just like Les Mis. Until, just like Les Mis. You get it. Finally. <laughs> Finally. You get it. <laughs> uh, so he decides, oh, well, my cashing this at the post office isn't going to work. So I guess I'll just steal some. And unfortunately, as we probably saw coming, he was spotted mid-burglary chased down by police officers and cornered and panicked he pulled out his revolver and 
There's a disagreement on who fired first. Of course, the police say that Bill pulled the trigger, but the gun misfired, and then police opened fire. Bill denied ever attempting to fire the weapon. I'm not sure I trust um, these particular cops at this point after having tortured someone into you know, confessing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm not so sure about their version of events. But either way, he was brandishing a weapon and an off-duty police officer in swim trunks because he had spent the day with his family at Lake Michigan and was just like off the clock, but happened <sighs> to be there. Uh, he overheard the situation. He intervened and he smashed three flower pots over Bill's head like fucking okay. Looney Tunes style acme they must have said acme on it you know like all he, he needed was well, a piano or something a dr- an anvil just right? like, like a piano yeah it looks like lame is yes exactly it's the same thing and so he smashed three flower pots over bill's head over and over until bill fell unconscious and wow. he was arrested in the degnan's neighborhood like this burglary occurred near suzanne's house where she had been abducted and then murdered and dismembered and so the kind of closeness the proximity of this arrest kind of struck the police and this connection to the crime basically would seal bill's fate um he ended up being taken in as suzanne's murderer but things of course were not then and still are not as black and white as investigators would ultimately try to make them and the case to this day is extremely controversial, but we'll get to that in part two. Oh, Christine. <laughs> just like Les Mis. I just like I, Les Mis ending on a cliffhanger. You it's keep just me wanting more. You keep me That's wanting more. That's right. That's right. Wow. It's my inspiration. What a good one, Christine. Oh. Isn't that crazy? I'm glad we're finally talking about it. And even as if I have been on the edge of my seat for seven years or one dog. You're year, just being nice. Secondary. I know you've been waiting a whole seven dog years for me to do this. And you're just trying to <laughs> let me off the hook. But I know you've been waiting. So Thank here it you. is. <laughs> well, I hope everyone had a good three, six, five. Uh, <laughs> I did. I know I did. Then um, I, I, uh, That's all that I guess- matters. Man, when and I'm not even going to get to record with you for so long. So like, that's oh, true. Gonna, we're gonna have to do a recap for our next episode because I I'm not gonna remember. That's true. Everything. I didn't time I didn't time that quite well. I mean, the plan was to do Friday, then Monday, Tuesday. So I no, had I planned it. to do them day. Yeah, but unfortunately, it, that, things happen. You know, just like we miss. Yeah. Um. I so I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to text you. Every non Les Mis reference for the rest of my my life. I was, I'm um, gonna say, like I I won't even get the real references. Like that's how bad. That's how much I don't know about. <laughs> like I know that they steal bread to feed their family. That's the end of what I know about that show. I could literally go. I don't know. I could literally go walk down the street in my neighborhood and find Hugh Jackman and send you a picture and be like, just like Les Mis, and you won't even understand that. Like they're like I literally don't. I don't know what oh that my means. God. So I, yeah, I'm already. <laughs> I'm already not understanding. Um, He's in And I feel like every... I mean, obviously, I sort of could deduce that. But, like, if you just sent me a picture, I'd be like, who's that guy? Isn't that the guy that's familiar Isn't that from the movies? <laughs> Isn't that Jude Law? But he was also in Les Mis, so I feel like that's a little bit misleading. Um, I... <laughs> okay. Well... I have a headache. <laughs> okay. I I wish I was taking a weed. I feel like I'm taking a weed gummy every time I just listen to your voice. That's the nicest thing you ever said to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> speaking of which, um, I was telling Jordan, I uh, we'll just end on a Jordan thing. Um, I did give her the compliment yesterday of telling her she has queer energy and uh, oh. it, it seems to make her day. So I'm, uh, if you nice. meet someone and they give you a yeah. nice queer vibe, maybe tell them, maybe make their day. And if they have a problem with it, then that's, you know, already, like that was actually a test. And then you flag. have a problem with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just like in Les Mis. So anyway. I knew uh, you were going to go there. I was like, say it, say it. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. And we are still on tour. Please come see us and come to our shows and make our moms very proud. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's why we drink. <laughs>